Welcome to Awakening Genius. This is a podcast and community dedicated to your inspiration and your elevation so that you can live fully creatively expressed. I'm your guide, Dijon. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned in to get lifted. Before we get started today, I wanted to invite y'all into something very special. If you resonate with this energy that we're expressing here, then this is something that you will probably enjoy. It's an opportunity to deepen with our community and expand your current network of creatives. We now have a program here at Awakening Genius that is designed to help you embody the infinite creative potential that you have. We all have equal amounts of creative possibility living within us, and it's our work to embody it and ground it so that we can consciously co-create a world together. Now, some of us don't identify with the label artist, but being an artist is not about whether you express yourself through a specific medium like painting or drawing. Being an artist is the level of presence you hold when you do anything. That's why an original painting is infinitely more valuable than a print because the artist actually interacted with that painting and infused it with their energy and consciousness. Art is an energetic transmission, and it's not limited to the things we traditionally think of as art. When your grandmother cooks you a meal and infuses it with love, that is artistry in action. So inside of the Awakening Genius container, You learn how to cultivate high vibrational energy into the temple of your body through yogic practices. And then you will practice wielding that energy through creative exercises with community and play shops led by a diverse range of creatives. So you can express your artistry however you choose to. If that sounds intriguing to you and you want to learn more and you want to deepen with us, go visit www.awakeninggenius.club. The link is also in the show notes, so you can access it there. We're looking forward to building with you, and now let's get into the episode. So in the LA area, I believe your, your place had maybe just been affected by the fires. Yeah. Yeah. So she was having to scramble and then we got connected because we both hired the same business coach, this woman named Katarina Satori, who is a very powerful teacher and has assisted both of us to step into our power. And she connected us on this app via Voxer. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm excited to walk this journey. And I was like, hey, I'm at LAX headed back to maybe San Francisco at the time. I I would love to connect. And she was like, I'm at LAX right now. 
headed to, where were you headed then? Was it London then? I think I was flying back to London exactly that day, yeah. 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 But it was just a really synchronous connection that we met and we're in the same place, even though we didn't physically meet because we were both at different points in the airport, but it definitely feels aligned. So I'm excited to have you. So Alex is a doctor, like in a traditional Western sense. And what kind of medicine do you practice? I used to be an ER physician. So in England, we call that A&E, which is accident and emergency. But in the States, it's ER. Okay. So she is well-versed in the Western ways of medicine, but also she's very in touch with a more indigenous form of healing through psychedelics, which is very interesting to me. I have a lot of experience and she has a lot of experience facilitating awakenings and expansion for people. So I would love to hear more about how you got involved with that work and maybe about your own introduction to psychedelics. Yeah, gosh. Essentially, it just kept finding me, you know, like I, I dabbled in a little bit here and there in my 20s. But then when I was 27 and in Mexico, just at the end of the Mayan calendar, I kept on having ayahuasca presented to me. And it was just like, what is this ayahuasca? And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I'm pretty open-minded. I was like, go on then. And literally like classic meme changed my life. So basically, that was six years ago, and I've just been walking a path of my own healing, of my own understanding of what it means to heal, which I was painstakingly oblivious to as a medical professional. And yeah, it's just been a beautiful unfolding. And I think naturally, when one walks the healing journey, eventually you get to a point where you want that for other people. And Mm. whether or not that means empowering them through business or physically healing the body or working with the emotional body and all of it's connected, it was, yeah, just naturally started unfolding. That's where I'm at now. Wonderful. So what's one major shift you noticed in your own life, like after you were doing ayahuasca consistently or a few times, what's one way your life shifted? The main thing was being reconnected to my intuition my heart and my gut, which are all slightly different. But before it was like the brain was the logic, the rational mind was the master. And we all know that makes a really poor master. So ayahuasca was like, no, it's your heart. It's your gut. It's you've got to trust your gut instinct. Got to go with that. And so essentially for the next four years, I just spent that time following my highest excitement, anything that was just like, yes, that excites me. Yes. That makes my pulse quicken or my, everything just says yes in my body. That was the path I walked. Love it. Yeah. I live that way as well. So you made a distinction between your intuition and your heart and your gut. I would love to hear what the differences are to you. To me, the heart is the heart. It's like a very, loving caring place and it feels like when you're not in a state of resistance you can just settle in that place and when you're in a place of self-worth you can rest in that space and it's a very loving space but then when you drop down but differentiating between the gut and the intuition is a bit harder Mm. but essentially gut to me is almost like I feel it viscerally in my gut. That's why I think it's called a gut instinct, but I can feel it in my stomach. It's much more stomach related. Whereas intuition for me as a woman is 
it's just like a knowing it's like that thing where you know and then if you go against that feeling something's nagging in the corner of your psyche and you're just not sure what but it's like something's off and if you don't listen to it that's when things go wrong <laughs> mm, yeah so that's how I differentiate between those three things and i'm sure we could stratify that in different ways but that's the essence of it yeah i feel like for me I'm getting clarity as you were describing it. And for me, it seems like maybe the intuition comes from like spirit. It's like divine guidance. It's like your spirit helpers, like whispering in your ear, like this way. And your gut is maybe more based on your personal experience. So it's, let's say you've been in a relationship and it's toxic and you're out of that relationship, but then your ex calls back like six months later and there's a part of you that wants to believe it'll be different. And then you agree to meet with them. And as you're on your way there, you have that feeling in your gut that doesn't feel good, right? That's like your body being like, no, I, I don't want to do this. That's kind of what I think of as like the gut feeling. I hear what you're saying there. It's almost like a visceral felt thing that's from like past experiences, either in this lifetime or before, but it's known in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Navigating those things is crucial. And I feel like it is outside of the mind. And the sooner we can accept that it's not a logical thing and just follow it, the easier it will be. Like this last weekend, there were, there's always stuff going on in LA. Everyone's always putting on amazing events. And if you're not careful, it's easy not to create time for rest and integration because you're either creating something yourself or going to support something that someone else has created. And someone wanted to have me over for what they said was like a healing journey for me, but it was facilitated with 10 other people. And I didn't really know what was going to be going on. And I knew mushrooms were a part of it. And I was just like, I'm just not up for that. And I felt bad because they wanted to do something nice, but I knew in my heart that it wasn't where I wanted to invest my energy. Like I just wanted to rest. So it was mm. like stepping away from that people pleasing and just speaking my truth and being like, hey brother, so grateful that you wanted to do this. And, and I just want to be by myself today. So I'm like, I'm not going to come. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I've had two client calls today and we both covered this with both those people and it also seemed like something really specific to last weekend i don't know what was going on energetically last weekend but it was like a lot of people just needed to be on their own and yeah so you mentioned your clients so now that you're not working in the traditional western way how do you work with clients now and what do you support them with beautiful i have a array of different ways i'm working with people I have one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is generally people who are moving from what I've now called the default world, which I love that. I love that term. It just makes, it's like the real world doesn't make sense to me. So the default world is okay. So yeah, generally clients that are moving from the default world into a form of awakening, they're really at the beginning of their journey. These are people who are just like, okay, something's missing. Something's not quite right. What is it? And then that's the time. They're ideally people who work, want to work with psychedelics who are also new to them in different ways, but not always. They're just generally people who are, who are quite connected, but haven't quite figured out how to work those energies. And then we just work together for four, sometimes six months. It depends on the end, but we work elementally with the earth, then the water, then the fire, then the air. 
creating a, a journey into yeah just deeper embodiment deeper self-discovery which yeah works it's a holistic approach we look at everything i'm not like a business coach i'm not like a health coach i'm a i'm an awakening coach whatever that is <laughs> <laughs> i like it that way yeah just magically synchronistically Mm. And then I have a group that I'm working with right now. And that those are people who have chosen themselves that they're going to start microdosing certain psychedelic substances. And then I've created a group platform where we all do that together in a safe space where we mitigate risk, reduce harm, make sure that they don't make certain mistakes, make sure that they know that too much of a good thing can be an issue in these situations mm. and just yes, uh, share our experiences. And so I mix that with coaching now, which is great. So we're using the microdosing to really leverage specific goals set at the start of the microdosing. Cause like so many people are just like, yeah, I microdose like a few times. I just nibbled at a little bit of mushroom chocolate or whatever. And it's so unstructured. And this is like a way of just like really maximizing working with the medicine, working with the increased neuroplasticity, working with their creativity and really focusing on what it is you want to achieve with it. Yeah, that's another way. And then I do intensives with some people based on their needs, but that I generally, yeah, I generally work with people for a while before we consider going in and doing like a proper day intensive. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds so cool. Microdosing has been a buzzword over the past few years. And I spent a lot of time in San Francisco and that's, I spent 10 years there and that's where I had my psychedelic awakening. And in the last few years I was there, it was like all the tech people were uh, microdosing on acid and mushrooms and stuff, which, yeah, I would love to hear more about that and how it affects performance. Because when I first started doing psychedelics, it was like, we would take like an eighth of, eight, eighth of mushrooms and just like blast off and be walking around talking to trees and flowing in other dimensions, which is a far cry from what I think you're talking about and guiding people through. Yeah, microdosing, I guess the whole point of it is that it's subperceptual. You're not completely out of your normal state of awareness. So you're able to hold it down and go about day-to-day -day life, but you're also optimized in the way that your brain has become more plastic. So you're just really seeing things from a different perspective, but in the same place so it's just a very subtle shifting of the lens it's like moving it from there to there mm. and it's like just creating all these different pathways so that your lateral thought processes are just maximized so things like reasoning creativity creative processes just get opened up i like i love that i don't know if you've read the latest michael pollan book i haven't called How to Change Your Mind. Uh, yeah, it's really great. It's all about the current sort of new wave of psychedelics, the new psychedelic renaissance. And yeah, in it, at the very first page, there's these two circles. It's called a homologous scaffold. It's what the researchers have done of the brain on psilocybin, which is the active part of mushrooms. And essentially they inject it. And it, to me, it looks like the difference between the brain, which has no psilocybin, which has just got one or two little connections going across from different parts of the brain, and, and the one that's got psilocybin, which is literally just like, it's like a mm -hmm. web. And it reminded me of this time when I was in Vipassana and I had a thousand petal lotus just like whoom, opened at my consciousness. And I was like, wow. And it's just almost like the thousand petal lotus in 2D. 
because it's just, I feel like it's a tool for awakening, but what's so beautiful about microdosing is you don't have to go at it like you're like on a rocket ship launching to the moon. Because right. not everyone is as open-minded as I am or you are, Dijon. We're just like, yeah, throw that ape at me. I'm going to walk around and talk to some trees. A lot of people like to keep some semblance of control. And we have to respect that and understand that. So I just love microdosing because it opens people up to these amazing, to this amazing potential to slowly go up that journey of awakening in a different way. Yeah. yeah I, I love that. And now that I have blasted off so much, I'm like, I don't really need to do that anymore. Like the microdosing is more enjoyable for me to just open the door. And you said you work with psychedelics in general, and I'd be interested to hear the differences between like acid and mushrooms for you and what is more appropriate in what situation? Because I've had very different experiences with those two tools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really, it comes anecdotally. Do you mean like large doses or, or microdosing? I'd love to hear both. Large doses, what's, the, what's your experience, the differences? Yeah, I just feel like with the mushrooms, I feel like I'm communing with a, a nature spirit. It feels very organic. It feels, mm. you can feel the sort of, yeah, the, yeah, you feel part of the earth with mushrooms. Whereas with LSD, I definitely have that like almost robotic sense. It feels more like the AI kind of energy coming in. Mm. And, and it makes sense because when you think about how old LSD is as, as a substance, I think it was first made in 57 or something. I can't remember when exactly, or 67. But essentially, it's a young spirit. If you subscribe to the animist belief system, which is that everything is imbued with spirit and consciousness, then it's LSD is a young consciousness. It's fickle. It's a bit just like, it doesn't really like, it hasn't had enough time and energy put into it to have a sense of gravity or like weight to it. Mm. Where the mushrooms feel such like a they feel so ancient and like primordial. I don't know if you, I don't know if you watched the Joe Rogan podcast with Paul Stamets where they like interviewed each other and, and Paul Stamets was basically like your ancestors were mushrooms and Joe Rogan's face is just hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I haven't seen that one. Oh man, you got to watch it. It's worth it just for that one moment. But yeah, basically it's, you can feel how ancient mushrooms are, but you can also feel kind of LSD feels like it's clearing a lot of space. There's a clean energy to it, as long as it's clean LSD, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and it feels very crisp and very functional, but it's lacking in an organic element. Yeah, in my experience, LSD just turns up really quickly. So if I were to personify the two experiences, it would be like, LSD is okay. You're like, okay, Larry. We're going to party, but I just need you to be like chill. Like last time you weren't that chill. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. I can do chill. Chill's no problem. And then you're like, okay, here we go. And then you do it. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And that's my experience. And you're just like, God damn it, Larry, I said chill. And then once you're on that trip, it's like the worst thing you can try to do is control it because it's already in you. So you just have to go. But I've definitely had some experiences on LSD where I was just like, like I had one experience where I literally thought I was losing my mind. Like I was sitting there with my friend Bethany and I couldn't talk. 
and but we could like telepathically communicate and she was like the only person that i could understand and that she could understand me and we were just looking at the stars and i literally felt like it was only in the whole universe it was only me and her and she was like making little hand motions and then i would see things in the stars and we would communicate that way and because it was only me and her i like had this deep gratitude and i was like thank you for being here with me and for entertaining me and she just was like bowing and this was all telepathic and i was like if you weren't here i'd be all alone in the universe <laughs> so it was like super tripped out and then in mushrooms it was just it's much more of a like um older and embodied and i usually want to get down on the ground and like kneel and feel very tribal and like dance and move my body in ways that like I'm not used to moving them, but feel extremely natural. And I remember I used to, when I first got into mushrooms, they were so profound that I started drinking mushroom tea like three times a week. And I was doing that for several months and I was going to ecstatic dance in Oakland and drinking mushroom tea and just dancing. And one time I did it and usually I did it when I got there. So I would come up sometime during the dance and this time i was like i wasn't show up like with it kicked in so i did it before i went and i started coming up on the bart train on the way over there <laughs> which is like the last place you want to be coming up with mushrooms because you're inside this tunnel underground and there's really loud noises and it's fluorescent lighting and it was just like it was awful and then when i got there i was just like really out of sorts and not feeling good and the mushrooms like talked to me and I went upstairs to the tea table and I was just sitting there and there was like six women sitting at the table, which is me and six women. And because they were so intuitive, they could feel that there was something going on with me and they all stopped what they were doing and put their hand on me. And the mushrooms said, they were like, this is not a toy. You need to respect this or we can make this really unpleasant for you. And I was like, okay, I won't do it again. <laughs> I'll respect it and I'll do it. I like do it with intention and with reverence. And now what I do is set my intentions and, and honor the sacredness of it. And it's not just like something that's a party. Like I'm going to go dancing. So I'm going to drink some mushroom tea. Yeah. I still feel like that's okay. Like as long as I set that intention before I do it, when I go into that context, but I think that sheer amount of every three times a week is like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay if it's sporadic and intentional. But for me, it was just like, it wasn't that intentional. I was just like, this is fun. Yeah, they're just like, check yourself. Because there's a lot to integrate from those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So I feel like if you're not doing the work in between, it's just, you're just missing a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agree, fully agree. <laughs> you're currently running a, a program, right, with people? Yeah, exactly. We're actually about to have a call, I believe, tomorrow, which is exciting. Third of six. And yeah, it's it's an 11-week course. So we have one call at the start, and then everyone starts their microdosing, and then we get to just check in together and see how it's going. This really is, I have to make a disclaimer, obviously. These are people who have chosen to microdose of their own accord. I've opened a space for people to connect and talk. There's a bit of education because obviously I have my medical background and I'm interested in the neuroscience and neurophysiology and what's going on with that. So it does fascinate me. And so I did, I have done a bit of teaching on that kind of thing. 
but yeah, it's interesting. So going back to your question from before, microdosing LSD versus mushrooms, what the general anecdotal reports have said is that LSD is better if you're like at the kind of execution phase of the tasks at hand. So it's you've done your storming, you've done your forming, and you're at the norming phase, if you know that storm form norm. But basically, essentially, that means that, yeah, you've done your creative work and you just want to like get shit done. Whereas the mushrooms, it's if you're maybe working more with the emotional body or trying to connect to your feelings more and things like that, or you're in the more creative space, then you want to maybe microdose with mushrooms. But everyone has completely different results, completely different responses. One person might report something and the other one's completely opposite. And, and there's also, it's important to note that mushrooms can actually, I've seen this more with mushrooms than with the LSD, seem to make anxious people more anxious. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's actually a study that they found. Jim Fadiman, the sort of granddaddy, Harvard-trained psychology of, of microdosing, who wrote the psychedelic, the handbook, the, I can't remember what it's called now, the guidebook, the psychedelic guidebook. Yeah, he basically has done a lot of retrospective studies over with like two, about 2,000 people. And they found that, yeah, there's some people, it does cause increased anxiety. So mm. it's much better for people who are depressed or low in energy. Because what I find is with these substances, because they affect the serotonin receptors, they essentially like ramp up your energy levels a bit. And yeah, that can be like, if you're already a bit clinic, it's like the extra level of that, which yeah, it can be a lot for someone to hold down. Yeah. So. Cool. I think it's good that it shows that you're balanced when you acknowledge the positive and potentially negative effects of what it is that you're offering. That's completely necessary at this point uh, with what happened last time. Kind of Timothy Leary just being really like, yes, everyone needs something. And it's, obviously I have my own experience, so I'm biased and I am just, yeah, I just drink some ayahuasca. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. for some people that's really not. So I do check yeah. myself as well. And I just be like, you know, what? that's not everyone's path. Or it might be that it's not their path right now. And it might be in a year or two once they've got a solid meditation practice or they're, totally. they've already optimized other parts. So it's a catch 22 situation. Cause for me, I found that drinking ayahuasca led me into meditation and all those things. But again, like I've got openness as a really big part of my personality. So I'm just open to experiences. Whereas other people, the overriding need is to feel safe. So if someone doesn't feel safe, then they're not going to release what they're going to release. They're not going to feel held. They're not going to be able to ultimately heal. Mm. So someone else needs to come at it from the other direction. And so it's just really knowing people and where they're at and and also not letting them like hit resistance and listen to their own bullshit and stay small and just like avoid something that's gonna give them massive benefits so, yeah beautiful thank you so much for doing that work and being a what's a good term like a psychonaut <laughs> like guide i don't even know what i am these days i'm just following the flow following yeah. the guidance yeah the mushrooms really like called out to me three years ago and and I was just like, okay. Next thing I knew, I was in like Haka in southern Mexico, bumped into this mushroom shaman and was just like chilling with her for a bit. And I was like, okay, still not sure what's happening, but it's <laughs> had some more experiences. And then that led me to Jamaica and I worked with a micro meditations retreat there. And yeah, I just got some more. Imagine 22 people on five to 20 grams of mushrooms each, <laughs> all tripping together. I was like, 
Ooh, I think that was a lot of good experience, but I don't think I'd ever go with a group that big. Like mushrooms are like really capricious little children. They like to just switch and change a lot. Yeah, that was crazy. But when I finally got home last summer and I was like, you know what? I think I've I think I've done enough things. I'm gonna I'm gonna help yeah. people out. Time to ground. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. That feels like a good doorway into your world and, and what you offer and the way you approach it. And I invite people to connect in more deeply if you feel inspired um, by what Alex is offering here. And feel free to add anything else or tell people how they can connect with you. Yeah, for sure. The best way to connect with me is to either follow my Facebook page or Instagram, both of which are Alchemy with Alex. So that would be facebook.com forward slash alchemy with Alex forward slash or Instagram is alchemy underscore with underscore Alex. Or you can visit my website, www.alchemywithalex.com. And all of those would be really great ways to find me. And the only other thing I have to add is that I've just got the cutest cat that's just been chilling with me the whole time. <laughs> so asleep, he's just whatever. Oh, look at him. What's, what's his name? His name's Sahar. Hmm. He's honestly just like, he's, he plays fetch. He's my favorite thing in the world. Very cute. But Dijon, thank you so much. It's just been such... A pleasure to have you as my wingman through this process of really stepping up with our coach. It's, yeah, I really love the energy you're putting out. I'm excited to walk this path with you and catch you real time in an airport without being like sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, I thank you for that. I received that. And it's wonderful to have you as a reflection as well. And I look forward to celebrating with you at Africa Burn or in London or celebrate our mutual success and stepping up our leadership and service beautiful we shall and so it shall be and so it is all right thanks for being here and we will catch you guys soon on the next episode of awakening genius peace i hope you enjoyed that episode of awakening genius and that you feel closer to embodying your full creative expression. If you like what we're doing here, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Connect with us on social media at Awakening Genius. And if you want to go deeper into anything we talked about on this episode, you can go to AwakeningGenius.club. This is Dijon. Much love. Peace.